Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. We don't just say that to be saying it. You need these kind of things in your mouth, and these are things the Word says about us. And it's, it reminds us of why we're doing this. Why do we have a class? Why are we coming into this? Our spirit and our faith needs to be fed. We need to be nourished up in the words of faith. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds and comes out of the mouth of God. That's what, just like your, your body needs food, vegetables, fruit, protein, carbs, whatever it is. Your spirit needs spiritual nourishment or it gets too weak. And your spirit is the part of your being and your heart is the part of your being you believe with. If, you're, if your heart is weak and your spirit is weak, little problems just seem overwhelming to you. You know, the smallest little need or the smallest little trial or test, you're just exasperated and want to throw your hands up and, and quit. That's a sign of a weak spirit and, and weak little or no faith. But the stronger your faith gets, the bigger and more real God is to you, the smaller your problems look to you and the, the more easily in reach Miracles seem to you. Uh, all things are possible to him or her that believes. Amen. Praise God. So that's why we do this. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the class. Let's pray and release faith that that happens in us today. Father, we are all of us together joining together, agreeing together as touching these things, asking you for utterance, direction, the manifestation of the anointing of your Holy Spirit that teaches, reveals, guides us into all truth, reminds us of everything you've, you've shown us and even shows us things to come. Add unto us, Lord, excellent light of truth and a supply of the Spirit and grant us answers for today and pre preparation and strength for tomorrow too. We ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Turn, please, to Hebrews, the 10th chapter again. And let's continue. We're nearing the end of this great uh, Hebrews 11 study. And you'll find that this was not written, you know, originally in chapter and verse. And when you see the flow of it, uh, it's, it's more obvious to you. The thoughts of this 11th chapter begin about halfway in the 10th chapter. And then uh, the thought of the 11th chapter doesn't end with the last verse. It's really strong in the next couple of verses of the 12th chapter. So 
This was divided into chapters and verses by men as reference points, and it can be useful and helpful. But these uh, were written as letters, and they just flow, the thoughts flowed. And the most important thing is the Spirit of God inspired and is speaking uh, through all of this. In the 10th chapter, in the 32nd verse, let's look at it again, 32. He said, Call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great uh, fight of afflictions. And this is how it works. After you were illuminated, you got challenged. (laughs) Can you see that? After the wonderful life-changing word of God got sown into the soil of your heart, immediately the enemy comes to steal it, to get it away from you if he can, because if he can't get it away from you, he can't stop God's will from coming to pass in your life. And uh, so he's reminding them of that. He said, uh, you endured a great fight of afflictions, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions. So they were talked about, and they were made fun of, and they were mocked and ridiculed. Do you know you have to be ready for some of this? Huh? As a Christian, if they, if they did this to the Master Jesus, they're going to do it to you. If they did it to Paul and Peter, they're going to do it to you. And uh, it's not something that should shock us or that we should just take to heart and hurt us to the core. We need to realize that so many people are so blind and they're lost and they just don't even have a clue what they're saying and what they're doing. They don't realize wrong spirits are motivating them and they're just yielding to them. But it's still not nice to have to deal with it. And he said, partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. There are numerous times when you identify with people that you'll you'll get persecuted just because you don't shun them, but that you support them and uh, you're a partner with them. You believe in them. Then the persecution they're getting then comes over to you. And he goes on to say, for you had compassion of me. He says, I was, I was one of those that you believed in and got persecuted because in my bonds. And you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. Say what? You took joyfully the what? People came and took their stuff because they were Christians. They were taken advantage of. They spoiled their goods. That's their possessions. Their material possessions. People came and took their livestock, took their clothes, maybe their jewelry, whatever stuff they had. uh, It was taken from them. He said, uh, you you took it joyfully. How in the world could you take it joyfully? That's a question that needs to be answered. (laughs) How could you? Well, James talks about that, doesn't it? In fact, just just hold your place there. You're really close. Just turn over to James, just a couple of pages. 2, James 1 and verse 2. It says, My brethren, 
Count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations or trials. Now, if it felt like joy, you wouldn't have to count it <laughs> as joy, right? It would just feel joyful and you could act like you felt. No, uh, just because he said you took it joyfully doesn't mean it felt good or it was enjoyable. I mean, somebody invading your privacy, violating your rights, stealing your stuff is not going to naturally make you feel good, no matter who you are. You know, you maybe worked hard for that, or you believed God for that for a long time, or you, whatever the case, and they just came in and took it. But you can go one of two ways on this. You can get bitter and angry and judgmental and discouraged and defeated, which is the same thing as being faithless. <laughs> Come on, can you see this class? You can go, well, what right did they have? It's not fair. And, and, and I worked hard for that. And, 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 and half my life and down the drain. And if you say so. But that's because what you're seeing here and now is more real to you than anything else. And you're only living for the here and the now and what you see and feel. But we walk by faith, Amen. not by sight. Right? Yes. Which means what we don't see is more real to us than what we do see. The unseen is more real to us than the seen. And if we are convinced and fully persuaded of the Word of God, we know that our good stuff is not here. Huh? Our good house is not here. Our good clothes and our good jewelry, it's not here. Our good pottery and paintings and carpets and rugs. And if you realize the truth, all of this stuff here is affected by the curse and death. From the moment you make it and buy it new and take it home, it's going downhill. <laughs> is that right? I mean, it is, it is getting old as you're driving home from the store. It's, is that right? It's aging and you probably can't see it, but somewhere inside it, a screw is starting to rust <laughs> and you're on your new car, your brand new car that you paid so much money for and something inside is already starting to wear out, to break down and you haven't even got it in the driveway yet. Maybe it hasn't happened yet, but it will because it's all going down. The Bible said, you know, the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed day by day. And that's the verse before he says in verse 18, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporal, temporary, just for a little time. But the things that are not seen are eternal. 
How could you take joyfully the spoiling of your goods? Because of why they're taking your goods. That's how. Why? Now, if they're coming and taking your stuff because you just got lazy and quit making payments, (laughs) there ain't nothing to be joyful over. (laughs) Can you see this? (laughs) Because there's nothing to be joyful, nothing to look forward to because of that. But if the only reason they are doing this to you is because you love the master and because you have chosen to stand up for him and be a witness for him and obey him, if that's why they're doing this, you will have eternal reward. Hallelujah. And your eternal reward, the the sufferings and inconveniences of this present time, the scripture tells us, not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. So how could you get joyful? Thinking about the glory. (laughs) Not thinking about they're hauling off my stuff out of the driver. (laughs) Thinking about the glory that shall be revealed. Why? Because I was willing to suffer shame for his name. I was willing to suffer loss for his cause. Come on, can you see that? I was willing to be mocked and ridiculed and abused, whatever the case was, in order to do his will, in order to please him. Then the scripture said, leap, shout, He said, that's what they did. Jesus said, that's what they did to the prophets of old. Think about what company you're in now. Leap and be exceedingly joyful because great is your reward in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. And when the Lord says great is your reward, he ain't exaggerating. When you see it, you're going to go, whoo, you wasn't kidding, Lord. Great. I'd say something else. Whoo, great. Notice, count it all joy when you fall into different temptations or trials knowing this. That's how you can count it all joy because you know something. And can you hear again full persuasion? Well, we hope so. Maybe so. We'll say, no, no. You know. What do you know? Well, I know that what the Lord told me is true. And if he told me great is my reward, then that's exactly what it is. I'm not wondering about it. I don't have to wait to see it to know it's true. He said it. I'm fully convinced. I know what he said is true, knowing that the trying of your faith, it works patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Just stay steady. Don't quit believing. Don't give up. Don't get shaken. Don't get confused. Stay on it. And you won't see it all in a day or two or a week or two or even a year or two. But let patience have its full work. And there will come a time when you will be complete. You'll see it all happen. It'll all come to pass. It'll all be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whether in this life and or in the next, it will all come to pass. And you and I will be completely satisfied. 
and fulfilled. Somebody say perfect and entire. So when you're experiencing things in this life that are not completely satisfying, don't let that bend you. Don't let that, because if you get, you know, begrudging and if you get bitter and if you get down over it, it shows you're walking by sight. What you're seeing and feeling down here is the most important thing of all to you. And that makes you vulnerable to being defeated. Oh, but when you, uh, uh, you set your affection and your focus on things above, Amen. not on things beneath, Amen. hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> then when other people are crying, you're shouting. <laughs> and they'll look at you and scratch their head and go, what is wrong with them? Do they not realize what's going on? Yeah, more than you know. They realize more than you're aware of what's going on. Why it's happening is the big thing. Go back there. He said, uh, you took joyfully, Hebrews 10, 34, the spoiling of your goods. Knowing, knowing, there's that word again, isn't it? Knowing, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. There's a phrase that was bannered about some years ago. I still hear it once in a while. People talk about so-and-so is so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. Well, I don't know who came up with that, but I don't like that. I don't agree with it because it's unscriptural. You cannot be too heavenly-minded. Now, you can be too goofy-minded. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's got nothing to do with heaven. Heaven is real. And we need, the Bible tells us, we, I just got through quoting scripture from Colossians and, and other places you see where he tells you, set your affection, your desire, and your focus. Where? On things above. Amen. Talks about we've been seated at the right hand of majesty on high. We need to continually be thinking about who we are in Christ, where we've been seated in Christ. Why? Because everything down here is trying to tell us you're in the gutter in the mud. You're in trouble, but we need to keep reminding ourselves, no, no, I've been delivered and I've been set in a place of authority and, and being and continually thinking like I, we will soon be out of here. Because this, this is not a nice place. It's all we've ever known, this earth. But this earth has been so corrupted by the curse and sin and death that the Lord's not going to fix it. It's going to be totally destroyed. And he's going to create new heaven and new earth. He, do you remember he said heaven and earth is going to pass away? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I used to read that and, and think he's going to fix it, but... I had to look at the scripture again. He said, it's gone. It's gone yeah. But a new heaven and a new earth wherein uh, dwells righteousness, wherein is no curse. This one has been so corrupted and affected that it just needs to go away. And so why then should we be so fixated on stuff down here that's of this earth and of this world and from this world knowing in a very short time, this is going to be gone. And why should we cry? We shouldn't because there's so much better. 
way, being prepared for us and, and ahead of us. And when we keep thinking like that, thank God, every nice thing that we're able to have down here, it makes life more comfortable, it enables us to do things for other people. Yes, be thankful for it. But also remember, everything down here is like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it, right? <laughs> what do you mean? And it's only good for a little while to be used. So use it. And because our life is so short, don't let good stuff sit in your uh, closet and rot when somebody could be enjoying it. You know what I'm talking about? Or good stuff hide in your attic or in your storage or whatever. And don't let piles of money sit in your account when it could be doing some good and help. Now, don't just go out and do something foolish, but don't hoard and don't hold on to, you got to remind yourself, this is all going away. I need to be a good steward of it. What does that mean? I need to get some good out of it. I need to make it do some good. Make it help somebody. Make it, if I'm not using, especially, or if, even if you are using it, Lord prompts you to sow it, sow the best you got. Sow, the, sow your favorite one. That just means you'll have a better, a, a new, more favorite one coming in. But not being heavenly minded, people knock it. No, you want to be heavenly minded. You want to remind yourself all the time, knowing, how could they take joyfully the spoiling of their goods, knowing that they got in heaven, what? They have in heaven a better, somebody say better, better. And enduring means lasting, better and longer lasting, right? That's what you got waiting on you. Past this life. So don't become attached to things, to places, to houses. Don't become attached to it. Don't become uh, nostalgic and romanticize old stuff. Huh? Don't cling to and hold to. Oh, that was, that was mama's. And, <laughs> and she enjoyed it. Is she in heaven now? Yeah, she'd throw rocks at that thing. <laughs> she would not have you dragging it in with you to heaven to hand to her. <laughs> but you know people do, don't they? They, they, they call it nostalgia. And they, they romanticize. Oh, it was so wonderful back when, when mama cooked in this pot. It was, it was mama's pot. And, and the truth be known, she might not have liked that pot that much. You know, you just got it in your head. <laughs> it's a pot, right? It's going away soon. It's going to melt with everything else. Everything is to be used for a time. Only. And he said, knowing in yourself, you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Can you see people have pulled that verse out and just quoted it by itself? But it means a lot if you leave it, leave it in context here. Confidence about what? Confidence that I hadn't really lost anything. Right? Confidence that I'll soon be out of here. I'm on my way to glory. 
and I have in heaven better. Somebody needs to say it. Somebody needs to say, watching on the camera right now, I have in heaven better. Much better. And long lasting. Enduring. What does that mean? That means it won't rust right after you take it home. Right? It's not rotting as we speak. Because uh, once out of here, we will no longer be subject to death and dying and decay. Uh, thank God. Won't that be nice? Uh, let me tell you something about decay, decay. No decay means no dirt. No having to clean all the time. That's worth going to heaven. Just right. Is that right? No more cleaning. Why? Well, the reason we need to clean is because things get dirty and grungy and stinky. Right? Why do they stink? Corruption, decay. Death is what stinks. And we've got death all around us. And praise God. And the new heavens and the new earth. Have you read the back of the book? Have you read Revelation? No more sorrow, no more pain, no more crying, no more dying. Nothing dies. Not the flowers, not the trees, not you. Nothing. Your hair doesn't die. Your skin doesn't die and flake off. Wow. Somebody say, thank God. You don't die. Why do I keep talking about this? Knowing, knowing I've got in heaven better and lasting, then I'm not, I'm not so crushed if I lost something down here, right? I'm not just incapacitated because of this natural material stuff. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense or reward, for you have need of patience, there's that word again, it means perseverance, endurance, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. Now, you see this, this thought about don't let time take away your trust. Why does he keep talking about patience, perseverance? We see that after they endured Abraham, after he patiently endured, he obtained, he received. To us, 10 years is a long time. 50 years is a long time. To God, a thousand years is like last night. And so when he says, be patient, <laughs> that could mean a while, right? <laughs> and we need to get our mind renewed but when you realize you're going to exist for eons, you do relax. And if you don't see it all right away, you know it. It ain't over. It's not over. And we will be perfect and entire. Amen. Wanting nothing. Amen. That's what faith will do for you. Everybody say, knowing. 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 Say it out loud again. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. We're out of time again today. 
But come back with us tomorrow. As you see, we got a lot more to get out of this. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.